welcome to the Wards Auto Podcast. My name is David Kiley, Senior Editor of Wards Auto. This week, we have two terrific guests, Emil Corcor, Head of U.S. Sales for Honda's Acura brand. Emil was in town to introduce the Acura ZDX ahead of the North American International Auto Show in Detroit. And we chat with him about the battery electric power ZDX and Acura's overall EV plans. And we were also out at Superior Township, Michigan at Hyundai's Tech Center for the opening of a brand new safety and investigation center facility that the Korean company has built on its campus out there. There, we got a chance to talk with Brian Latouf, Global Chief Safety Officer for Hyundai Motors North America, about engineering safety into EVs, including addressing the issue of safety for home charging. After this message from our new sponsor, American Axle, we will hear from Emile Corcor at Acura. This podcast is brought to you by American Axle and Manufacturing. AAM is designing, engineering, and manufacturing award-winning vehicle technologies to power a more sustainable future. Their team is pushing the boundaries of disruption all around the world with over 80 global locations in 18 countries. To learn more and join the team that is bringing the future faster, visit aam.com careers. So I'm here with Emil Kokor, the AVP of sales at Acura, and we are in downtown Detroit at the introduction of the ZDX Type S. Emil, thanks a lot for joining us. My pleasure. Thanks for having me. So, Emil, it strikes me that a crossover that gets 325-mile range in the EV space, that this is hitting some... Uh, white space in terms of the size of the vehicle uh, combined with the range and the appointments. Can you talk about where you think this car sits competitively? Uh, We'll probably sit within the intermediate segment. We'll compete with, you know, basically anything of of similar size. Just kind of ranking uh, in terms of the total, you know, competitive set. You got, you know, Model Y, got you know id4 on the mainstream side you've got some of the bmw options like the ix uh, mercedes uh, eqe so really competing uh, not only in the luxury space within that similar size but also uh, some of the more premium high-end mainstream as well because we really believe that the bev space right now is really kind of has a lot of blurred lines uh, in terms of where vehicles tend to fit in so I think just making sure that we're more clear on the fact of what this car offers, uh, how competitive it is in the market space, and not really paying as much focus on the segment in particular, just the buyer's needs in terms of space, performance, uh, and total packaging. So range is uh, very important in, this, in all EV segments, and there's a lot of debate about how much range you need. I think still think 300 miles is the is the magic number. Now, you have uh, surpassed that with the base model ZDX at 325 and 288 for the Type S that we are seeing today. And that's the performance version. Talk to me a little bit about the demand 
that you see for performance-oriented, performance-branded EVs. Yeah, so yeah, the A-spec is sitting around 325, total estimated range with Type S at 288, as you mentioned. Very strong range for a performance uh, dedicated vehicle like the Type S. Uh, I think there's a lot of buyers out there that are looking for performance uh, in an EV because typically it's really been based on, you know, total range in general, uh, really focused on environment sustainability and really not so much about performance in the past. But what we've seen uh, with what's been happening with the new product that's been launched uh, within the segment, there's been a renewed focus on performance, which is really a uh, distinguishing factor for a lot of these cars that are coming in. So you don't have to sacrifice, you know, straight line acceleration, total dynamic performance for efficiency, right, and environmental sustainability. So I think that surge in, um, in overall demand for performance, we're, we're right on the mark for that. Uh, we've got a good combination uh, between range and performance for both model lines, for the A-Spec uh, model as well as the Type S. Do you, do you have any idea about what you can expect or what your production plan is? Can you share that between the, uh, the base and the Type S? Uh, we'll let demand kind of dictate where we go in terms of uh, model line split. But historically, Type S constitutes around uh, 10 to 15 percent, as high as 25 percent on the TLX Type S. So we got a good range there. But again, it's really going to be contingent on uh, or dependent on what the demand is from a consumer base. That's what we'll build. You, in your remarks introducing uh, the vehicle, you talked about a new era for Acura in the EV era. Can you talk a little bit about the brand as far as where it's been and where it is sitting today in the era that we're in, which is still mostly ICE vehicles, versus what you see as the opportunity as we become more electrified? Sure. No, great. I mean, when we launched the brand in 1986, it was was a disruptor brand. Uh, for the luxury space. And we entered the market, you know, very aggressively with our initial product line launches, the Legend, of course, the Integra, uh, huge models for us that really propelled the brand. And we were successful because we were focused on a very unique uh, DNA that provided really no compromise for those buyers within that space. And I think we're, we're approaching a new era for Acura in, you know, turning this market, the electrified market, kind of on its head in creating, again, that balance and that no compromise uh, mentality and really challenging what's been established out there. And we all know who those manufacturers are. So taking on this new challenge, creating, you know, that performance image for the new era, uh, as I mentioned before, electrification was really not really about performance as it started, but it's becoming more of that. So how do you apply that with the Acura DNA how do you be a, a challenger, a disruptor in this, in this uh, marketplace right now? It's about balance and, and no compromise in terms of the package that we build. And I think the ZDX that, that we've uh, built uh, and brought to market is absolutely going to do that. Do you feel like in the, uh, you know, like in the last five, six, seven, ten years, taking the pandemic year sort of out of it, that Acura has been kind of a, 
a stealthy brand. It's, um, I mean, when I think back to, I was actually around when, when the brand launched, and, and I remember it was the first one among the Asian manufacturers to launch a, a premium luxury brand. But it feels to me like it got a little bit eclipsed, like it lost that uniqueness of being first uh, and got eclipsed a bit by Lexus in, in the marketplace. And I kind of see Acura as a brand that has always really put out good product. But from a brand image, brand clarity standpoint, has has always kind of waffled a little bit. Yeah, I think the aggression of uh, which we've you know demonstrated our DNA in certain periods of our history hasn't been the best. I mean, you really have to express yourself to the fullest. It's like no different than an individual, right? You have your, your truest personality, and as soon as you deviate from that, you become almost a different person in the, in the eyes of, of those around you, and that kind of compromises your, your integrity. So when we did the hard reset uh, back to precision crafted performance about six, seven years ago, uh, we really recentered ourselves. And that's where we've seen this surge, not only in you know, the demand for the product, the volume of the product that we've sold, but also the demand for the brand itself, I think has gotten a lot stronger uh, since we've maintained that consistent uh, output and focus on uh, performance. And that's, again, what, what we're trying to accomplish with this car, uh, learning from the past, making sure that we remain consistent and remain true to the DNA uh, that we're born from is really the key to be successful in the future. Now, you are at what time, what year do you expect to be fully EV in the showroom? Uh, we haven't set a date. There's no line in the sand. Right now, it's really about what the demand is uh, from a customer base. Uh, we're not about forcing customers into any specific propulsion system. So it really depends on what the demand looks like. And we'll just accelerate our plans throughout. I believe what we announced was by 2040, there's a total plan for Honda Motor. Mm -hmm. But Acura specifically, uh, it really is going to be depending on demand. So as we, as over the next few years, you're going to see more products launch with uh, an electric propulsion system. But as to what point we'd do a full conversion, uh, we haven't ascertained that yet. Emil, thanks very much for uh, joining us today, and congratulations on what looks like a really good car in the ZDX uh, EV. Absolute pleasure, David. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you to Emil for a terrific interview and for spending time with us. Hyundai is on quite a roll. Quality, sales growth. They have been big winners in Ward's Auto's 10 Best Interiors, and now safety. Under the radar a bit, Hyundai has been racking up terrific ratings on both the IIHS rankings and the NHTSA safety ratings. This week, we learned that two more of the Hyundai Group's vehicles have been added to the IIHS Top Pick Plus rankings. We had a few minutes with Brian Latouf who is Hyundai's global safety chief. And among other things, we talked about engineering safety into EVs. So Brian, so we're here just for our listeners that uh, we're, we're here at the opening of the new safety center, to, in, investigation center in Superior Township. 
can you talk to us a little bit about how the the nature of safety design and engineering is changing in the EV era? Well, um, EV is all about environment. It's all about uh, electrification and renewable energy, but it's also needs to be all about safety, right? So as we move to alternative energies, how do you ensure uh, that the customers, that the people in the vehicles are every bit as safe as internal combustion engine vehicles? And we've learned a lot in at Hyundai with uh, battery high voltage systems, how to protect people post-crash, how to isolate the, the voltage from uh, the occupants. So there's there's countermeasures we've engineered into the vehicles to um, during a crash, for example, when an airbag deploys, we isolate the high voltage into the battery itself so that you don't have current running through. And potentially if you sever a high voltage line, that'll create a short or an, or an issue. We also carefully have what's called a diagnostic system, a a BMS battery management system that constantly uh, queries each cell at a cell level to ensure there's no cell voltage resistance or drop-off or thermal temperature rising. And that will also um, provide warning to the driver or cut power to the driver in a a structured manner if there's a, a safe issue. I think not only are electric vehicles as safe as internal combustion, but often they're safer, right? So we were just proud to have heard from David Harkey from the IHS that the Ionic 6 is a to- IHS top safety pick plus, so that's exciting, and the GV70 as well for Genesis, so we're excited to, to hear that. You were just talking a lot about crash safety, but what about, you know, more active safety? One of the things we hear about, you know, all the time, 43,000 traffic fatalities, and, and a growing number of those seem to be from driver distraction. So how, how is the testing, Hyundai's testing, maybe evolving uh, at this center to try to design systems that, quite frankly, might be to counteract our own driver stupidity when we're, when we're distracting ourselves from the job at hand of driving? Yeah, that's, that's a great question. So um, crashworthiness is protecting you in a crash, and I'd much rather avoid a crash than survive one. And I think um, we put in uh, probably the most technology than other OEMs on active safety. So we have uh, SmartSense, which has a suite of um, active safety features and components. So 100% of our vehicles today in the U.S. we sell with standard automatic emergency braking, so forward collision assistance, right? So we have cameras and radar systems that are looking for um, vehicles in, in front of you or cutting in front or pedestrians and will actively brake the car to avoid the crash. And we also have um, uh, lane keep assist that centers you in the lane and uh, during a highway drive assist uh, maneuver will work with uh, uh, smart cruise control. Yeah. And then uh, side blind zone alert. So on the outside rear of your mirrors, you'll get a a warning based on the radar in the rear quarter of the vehicle if there's a a vehicle in your blind zone so you don't do the lane change. So those systems um, sometimes fail in the field. We'll be able to uh, tear them down here in the lab and understand those failures. There are durability challenges, you know, with the radar systems over time from a calibration standpoint. So we'll have the ability to query a component. We'll... um, 
deeply analyze it. We're going to have a CT scanner to, to, to go into the component without tearing it apart to look for what failed, perhaps on the PCB board or the circuitry. And uh, we have a scanning electron microscope where we can do really um, close study of the details of the component for that failure. And, and, and that's the whole... Um, art of this building and this work is trying to get to that deep understanding of those failures and engineering that to never happen again for the future. So one of the things about EVs is that in in a lot of EVs, there's no engine up front. So that changes the front crumple zone, you know, quite a lot. What is Hyundai's thinking about that and, and in terms of maintaining your very excellent safety rating? Well, it's an advantage, right? So if engineered correctly from the beginning in the architecture, an EV vehicle can actually have great interior space. Look at our Ionic 6. It's a small uh, passenger car, but the interior is spacious, right? So you can, with the advantage of um, not having an engine, uh, transmission, drivetrain, you know, the heating, ventilating, air conditioning, the cooling units of the engine system, you can much more effectively package around the occupant. I think the, uh, the less crushable components you have in the motor compartment uh, with an EV allows for more crush space, which gives you a friendlier crash pulse, which helps in frontal crashes as well. And um, so engineered up front, I think it's a, it's a huge advantage for crashworthiness. So I don't know if this is your area that I'm about to ask you about. We can always edit it out if it's not, but I was um, very interested to, to see recently in some surveys about attitudes towards EVs, that one of the lead, like north of 50%, I think, people are very concerned about charging their vehicles at home. And that is because they read about mm, 20 in the low 20s incidents of the cars catching fire during home charging. And of course, a lot of people have attached garages that you know, that, that they're going to be doing that. Is that in your, your wheelhouse of concern and, and work in terms of the, the safety around the battery and home charging? Absolutely. I mean, we don't want that to happen. I mean, that's not, <laughs> we, we engineer our cars so that it doesn't happen. I mean, not just a, not just a house. I mean, my house in California, I have a home charger and I park my car in the garage and I charge it people have apartment buildings they have charging underground you know so we we have to make these vehicles safe for zero to 100 percent state of charge so we have um, what's called a bms battery management system that's diagnostically looking at a cell level for voltage voltage drop we have temperature um, sensors that will cut the charging if there's a an issue but any type of uh, uh, charging fire event we're, we're all over it i mean we'll we'll get the car we'll do the tear down we'll try to understand and learn from it we don't want any to happen i mean that's that's our goal it's, it's not uh, something that's we find acceptable and has there been an incident with a hyundai group vehicle with the a fire and at a home charging We've had some issues in the past with our Kona electric vehicle that we've done a lot of work on, and we actually did a safety recall a couple years ago. We learned tremendously from that, and when we applied our BMS system and software, we learned from uh, the part returns of some of the issues from a quality standpoint that we've corrected. So it's been a you know a continuous learning cycle, and that's what this lab's all about: is giving us the, the tools, the resources to do those teardowns, to understand what 
happen. These are very complex machinery uh, systems. I mean, the automobile is the most advanced piece of technology you can purchase in your life today. I mean, it's, you know, uh, thousands of components, hundreds of millions of software code, and it's just, you know, working flawlessly for you for X amount of years, right? So so we got to constantly learn from the field, and that, that's the beauty of our lab. Hey, Brian, thanks very much for your time, and congratulations on a, on a great new facility. Thank you. Thank you so much. Nice talking to you. This podcast was brought to you by American Axle and Manufacturing. AAM is designing, engineering, and manufacturing award-winning vehicle technologies to power a more sustainable future. Their team is pushing the boundaries of disruption all around the world with over 80 global locations in 18 countries. To learn more and join the team that is bringing the future faster, visit aam.com careers. Thank you to Emile Kokor of Acura and Brian Latouf of Hyundai. You can subscribe to the Wards Auto Podcast on your favorite platform, such as Apple Podcasts or Spotify, or you can play our episodes right off the Wards Auto homepage. When you see a story about a new episode, or when it comes through our daily newsletter, which I hope you're subscribing to, just click on the podcast graphic when you open the story on your laptop tablet or phone, and you can play it right there. I'm your host, David Kiley. Graham Mitchell is our engineer. Till next time, enjoy the ride.